Hey everybody, Sino here and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like a newborn baby. Cute no matter what. Today on the show, we're talking about stress and specifically talking about acute stress and the long-term stress and sort of uh, ways to manage stress, ways that we can learn to sort of mitigate and under identify like which kind of stress is actually good for us and which is not so great and how we can manage some of that. This is based off of a uh, Art of Manliness episode. So we're going to break it down and hit the button and do the thing. Let's go. Drums, please. Hello, friends. Welcome to the show. How you guys doing? Happy, I don't know, happy August, I guess. I don't know. Happy life. Happy... I don't know. I wanted to say happy something, and there's nothing to celebrate other than existence. Happy Existence Day. Happy appreciation of your life and being a person that gets to exist. That's pretty wonderful. Should probably start there. We should do that every day. Happy Existence Day. Happy appreciation of living and just being able to be a person, regardless of your Maslow's level of hierarchy or whatever it is, any personal development stuff, it doesn't matter where you are in life. You have the opportunity to exist and that's pretty freaking rad. Not going to lie. So today we're going to be talking about, and that's really a good start. Honestly, we're going to be talking about stress and we're going to talk about acute stress and chronic stress because a lot of us, really every single human being experiences some form of stress, but many of us are dealing with a semblance of chronic stress that's just like this underlying murmur and it, it just really gets to us like we there are just so many times in our life where we're just we're just carrying the weight of stress with us when we don't even have to we've had someone cut us off on the street and we just carry it with us we're just like ah that guy's an idiot and just all day long it bugs us and we just bring that energy with us every single place that we go. And I think one of the the major management aspects of stress is realizing that we are in control more than we ever give ourselves credit for. Like I, I just watched a Russell brand video where he's been doing a lot of really great advice giving videos. Uh, and he has his podcast under the skin, which is really great where he was talking about, dealing with family stress and family stress is often the result of feeling a semblance of being trapped. You know, we're trapped in this family situation and unless you're a prepubescent child of some kind, you typically have some sort of decision as to whether or not to leave your family situation. If your family is, you know, full of toxicity and and perpetuating all sorts of stress in your life and allowing you the opportunity to remain a victim, then 
you might, it's going to be easy to kind of live and be addicted to that stress and, and keep it going unless you are willing to be brave and take the chance at trying to start a new life for yourself. Because eventually at some point we start to develop our own sense of family, our own sense of, you know, you even think of it in the traditional sense, you find a partner, you get together with them, you have kids and you know, you eventually, or you adopt kids depending on your scenario. And you eventually get to a place where you have created your own family unit and you don't have to, you don't have to uh, associate with, you know, your former family, family members. So many times we feel like we're obligated to family just because we happened to be ejaculated into that family unit, right? And so we feel this social obligation to it, but we really don't. We really don't at all. I mean, yes, there are consequences. If you separate yourself from your family, then you don't have them as a safety and security piece in your life. But you are by no means obligated to that family. If that is bringing you an intense amount of stress, then you get to leave, because you have free will. You're a human being. You have choice. And I think in most situations, when we're thinking about stress, when we're dealing with chronic stress and perpetuating stress in our lives, we are tending to do that as a result of feeling as though we are not in control and not properly assessing the power that we have within ourselves to actually utilize that control and make further, you know, make better choices for ourselves eventually, essentially. Um, and, and feeling as though we can, we can do something about anything in our lives, right? Kind of fits into the drama triangle power empowerment dynamic in a way. You can be a victim or you can be a creator, right? You can be someone that is, life is always happening to you. Things are always bad and stressful and like your job sucks, your life sucks, your partner sucks, your family sucks, everything sucks. Oh, I forgot to turn off my phone. <laughs> and uh, there's all sorts of other situations in which you just feel like everything is happening to you. But if you're a creator using the empowerment dynamic, then you can start to realize that you are a creator of your own path, of your own destiny, of your own life. And being able to take that stressful situation and actually turn it on his head and look at it and say like, okay, what can we do about you? What, how can we fix this? Right. Do I have to change my circumstances? Do I have to change uh, my mental framework? Is it just a simple mental reframe? Because sometimes that's what it is. Right. And, um, so all of this is actually based on and inspired by an episode of the art of manliness. It's episode number 525, which I recommend you go listen to after this, because it is featuring a guest. The guest, the, the podcast episode is called how to stress proof your body and brain. And, uh, the guest is Dr. Uh, me too, Cerrone. And, uh, she's, she has a book called stress proof, the scientific solution to protect your brain and body and be more resilient every day. And she uses a lot, she uses more specific scientific, um, neuroscience, uh, jargon. I, I don't mean jargon to discredit it, but I mean like actual science, <laughs> not just me speaking intuitively, but, uh, she's actually using science to reference, a lot of things that are going on in the brain and studies that have been done to prove stress reduction over time using cognitive behavioral therapy and uh, removing ourselves from the stressful situation and improving our overall stress response. Because sometimes what happens is like 
it can be really easy to convince yourself or be convinced somehow that you are just a person that is always going to feel stress, that things are just always going to happen to you, that bad things are just always going to be at your doorstep. And ultimately, if you are able to use things like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, maybe you can look at Myers-Briggs, maybe you can look at the Enneagram, maybe you can look at all sorts of other maps and models and systems and try to figure out what are some of the things in your life that are not not exactly gelling with you, or even just looking at people in your life and saying like, oh, this is a toxic, toxic scenario, or the job that you're in, like, is this really terrible and frustrating? And if I can't leave this job, then how can I slightly change the circumstances? And, and, you know, essentially just realizing that you're in control. So a lot of that podcast episode goes into more specifics about like cortisol and inflammation and uh, prefrontal cortex and exercise and all that stuff. I'm not going to go into all those specifics on here because it's, well, it would be redundant. You should definitely go listen to that episode, but that's just not my jam. I'm not that good at that stuff. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not good at remembering all of those kinds of specific details. But one thing they do talk about that is easy to sort of reference here is that acute stress is somewhat of a good thing, right? Chronic stress makes it difficult to create the contrast necessary to notice when there is an actual momentary stressful situation. So what that really means is that if you are in chronic stress, you're in a consistent through line of stress when there is something that is actually dangerous in your life or something that actually needs to experience uh, your to get your attention through stress, then you're less likely to respond to that specific stress than uh, than you would if you were you know not experiencing chronic stress. So th- think about it this way: if you're if you're experiencing uh, a natural contrast, it just makes sense that if you're at a baseline where everything's okay and you're cool, and, um, you know, nothing, nothing bad is happening in your life, that if you were to just see a, a, a cheetah, you would be more likely to notice it because you're like, oh, this stress is unusual. What's going on? Like, uh, let me, let me assess this, right? You're more likely to attack it. Whether as if you are not, not the cheetah, don't attack cheetahs. But, um, <laughs> if, you, if you were experiencing a momentary stress and you had this, situation where, um, you know, that your stress was activated, you'd be more likely to notice it and then do something about it. Right. So that's kind of what that means. And it, it, it is healthy to have some little bits of stress in your life. Like you got to kind of push yourself sometimes. And exercise is one of those things that, that it stresses your body. Like you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So if you're, you know, in my situation, and now that I literally think about it as I'm talking, it's been actually pretty hard for me to consistently stay uh, in a workout routine because I'm experiencing a lot of chronic stress around money and resources right now. And it's very hard for me to actively seek out stress if I'm consistently experiencing it, right? Like I don't feel like I want to seek out going to the gym and further stressing out my body when everything I'm trying to do in my life is to relax myself because the default right now is stress. So I have to actively work to de-stress and if I'm going towards situations that are going to create more stress, then that's just not even remotely exciting or interesting, right? Whereas if you're in a calmer state, I feel like it's more likely that you would go towards wanting to work out and you're like, you know what? I can handle this. I'm ready. I'm calm. I'm, I'm, I'm in a situation and I'm in a better place where I can focus on stressing my body a little bit so that I can, you know, improve my, my muscle tension and, 
you know, make, make myself stronger essentially. So, um, I'm going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk about, um, how to start to build a little bit of stress resilience and how you can, uh, start to think about stress as uh, ways to tackle stress, essentially. Join me, 48 Hours Correspondent Erin Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season, I'm looking into the labyrinth of crime and secrets within families. I'm cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved, including investigators and the families of victims. Listen to My Life of Crime with Erin Moriarty wherever you get your podcasts. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. All right, welcome back. I um, so this episode is going to be a little bit shorter because it's a it's a pretty straightforward concept. We all experience a lot of stress in our lives, and we need to fix it. Like it's not good to have persistent stress, not only from the evolutionary purpose of making sure that we can actually respond to real stressors in our lives, but it's just not good for our physical health. It's not good for our heart health, for our body, and it's not going to encourage us taking care of ourselves can't focus on our family very much. Um, we can't focus on the things that are really, really important and, uh, you know, how to move forward and stuff like that, unless we are actively taking care of who we are and not becoming addicted to stress. Becoming addicted to stress is a particularly painful and difficult thing to get away from, right? Uh, if you've worked a corporate job before or quote unquote fast paced environment, then it can feel like, it can, it can become an opportunity to become addicted to stress because we live in a very busy world. We live in a world that is expecting you to almost prove your worth by how much you are experiencing stress. And I've had so many situations and jobs where usually in like a high pressure situation, I'm pretty calm. That's kind of like the benefits of being a INTP in the Myers-Briggs system as being a perceiver is that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty easygoing when it comes to stressful situations. I've always been the person that like puts out the fires as it were. So like people just kind of come to me when that's that sort of thing needs to happen. And, um, but what can be frustrating is that sometimes you get someone who is chronically stressed and they bring their energy to you and you can just feel that they are not comfortable with someone else being calm as well. 
and they are just addicted to this feeling of stress and they sort of like blast it out into the world. They need other people to be stressed in order to take things seriously. And sometimes we do that to ourselves. Sometimes we feel like in order to be feeling like we need to take this seriously, we need to be taking our work seriously. We need to be taking our relationship seriously, that there needs to be stress, that there needs to be conflict. And that couldn't be further from the truth. One of the old adages and one of the things that are just really incredibly unhealthy in relationships is this assumption that for you to care, you need to be arguing with your partner like that. It's kind of ass backwards. (laughs) I I need you to care. So I need you to be stressed out and I need you to be yelling. I need you to say what you what you mean. I need you to share your emotions. I need you to blast your emotions everywhere. It is not that you shouldn't communicate. Communication is the core of it. But often feel like people feel like in order to communicate, you have to be uh, blindly emotional and expressive in that way and really just like creating all this stressful chaos. You know, if you're not stressed out by life like I am, then you don't care and you're not with me. And that's just not cool. That's not that's not great. So like in in lieu of that, it's it's a better way of there's a better way of communicating because I, I feel like. You still need to express what is stressing you out and what's frustrating and and you need to be open with your partner as to like what's going on. I think those are the signs of healthy relationships is when you're able to talk constantly and be able to share everything that's going on and you're not withholding anything and you're not uh, you're not being shady. You're not being difficult. You're just being open and expressive and you're holding space for each other. Those are incredibly important qualities when you're in a relationship. That means not necessarily perpetuating conflict, but making sure that you're just being open and honest. So the tone of voice is incredibly important because if you're expressing stress, you're going to put the other person at, you know, in a stressful state as well. You know, instead of just saying like, you know what, we had an issue the other day and I want to really talk about it versus like, you're always being a jerk and I don't really appreciate this and like, you know, that's just not really helpful to have for any kind of a meaningful forward facing conversation. It's the same with workplace stuff. It's just like, I really wish you would, you would take this seriously. And like, that's just not like that energy, just the general stressed out energy puts other people on edge. And it would make sense again, from an evolutionary standpoint, if you were, you know, hanging out in a tribe of people and you've got someone on the perimeter and you see them stressed out and they're freaking out and they're yelling. And you're just like, you can only assume that there's danger, right? You don't know the context of what it is that they're being stressed out about, but because you're living in a situation where like there is danger every which way you can only assume that. And our bodies and brains don't understand fully that we are not in a situation that is devoid of that. It's not devoid of that actually, but it's, it's less likely that we're going to get mauled by something in the modern world, at least in the modern Western, um, you know, first world country kind of situation. Right. So it's less likely that that sort of thing is going to happen, but our brain and body just doesn't know that. So we need to make sure that we're having patience for ourselves to just say like, okay, this is a manufactured stress. This is not an actual life or death situation. And I think Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like I mentioned in the last episode, and if you haven't listened to it, please go back and check check that out because the bottom rung of needs, the, uh, the physiological needs, and then the safety and security needs are incredibly important pieces. And then love, love and belonging are incredibly important pieces to think about 
what are you missing that is causing all of this excess stress in your life, right? Or to even gain some perspective. Because I think a lot of us expect us to be at third tier or above pretty consistently in the Western world, especially if you grew grew up in a happy family, everything's cool, blah, blah, blah. You're kind of expecting to nurture and keep yourself above that. So you're kind of creating this lower tier stress for yourself by trying to avoid it at the same time. Like what do you, there's a saying that a personality hacker says, and they, they shared it from other, some other source, but I can't remember exactly what it was, that there's a saying of what you resist persists, meaning that if you are trying to avoid stress by being stressed, <laughs> then you're creating stress, you know? So if you're trying to avoid having a lack of security, you're making sure you're trying to keep your job, you're trying to like make things go faster, you're often going to make it worse by perpetuating that stress. Does that make sense? So one of the ways that you can actually think about getting yourself out of a stressful situation, especially the kind of stress that is a ruminating stress, a stress that is going to be, um, you know, saying that like something happened to you at work or something happened in uh, in traffic on your way home or something like that. Something that a lot of us would, would hold on to and bring into the other areas of our lives. This is something I'm working on in the conflict ladder is that once you fall down the conflict ladder and you have some sort of argument with someone, if you don't find an exchange of power to work through some sort of apology to get out of the conflict, then you're going to perpetuate and bring that energy to someone else. If you don't find a way to either resolve it with yourself or resolve it with some other person, right? If you don't have some sort of love and respect and patience for the other person, you're going to carry that home to your family. You're going to carry that home to other people in your life, and you're going to end up perpetuating this cycle of stress. So thinking about ways that we can get out of ruminating is is really incredibly important. One of those is making sure that we are in the grand scheme of things, making sure that our basic needs are met and having gratitude for having those things met. That's the love and belonging piece, because we are a part of that. Love and belonging includes the uh, some aspects of family and friends and sexual intimacy, but that includes intimacy with ourselves as well. And part of the self-esteem piece as you get further into that is, is having self-love and self-care and self-confidence and all of that stuff so that you can have a little bit more respect for people and move forward. So making sure that you're, you're satisfying plenty of your Maslow's hierarchy of needs is going to allow you to have an easier time of accepting patience for, you know, someone on the road who is just like, I cut you off and you're like, you know what? I get it. Everyone's stressed out. Like, I'm just going to be a little bit more careful and they're going to be careful too. And like me yelling at them is not going to do anything. They can't hear me through their windshield. It's only going to affect me. And it's, and then I'm going to take it home. I'm going to affect my kids and I'm going to be angry and everyone's going to be upset and everyone's going to go home, uh, go to bed upset. My wife's going to be angry. My, my husband's going to be angry. Um, you know, we're not going to, it's only going to make our marriage worse. Like this is not going to make anything better. Why? Because of some stranger that cut me off. Like, no, that's silly. That's nonsense. Stop that. Right. So thinking about that and just sort of talking your way through it can really help you kind of calm down a little bit. You know, it's just a simple mental reframe, but that does take practice to think about that that takes practice, but it also takes making sure that your needs are met so that you're not being so reactive to things. Other things that can really be helpful. And the other piece that I thought was really incredibly uh, helpful from the 
the art of manliness episode was um, finding something that you can immerse yourself in. And one of the things that perpetuates stress is being able to be easily distracted from facing what you need to work on. A lot of people who are very goal oriented or doing goal oriented work of some kind um, or doing something that is immersive to them. And that could include video games and something that's not necessarily like when I say goal oriented, it doesn't mean achievement focused, but it means that there is something to work on, right? You could be drawing something casually for work, working on a hobby, but something that you can just put immersive focus into. And um, typically that just means like, yeah, some sort of a hobby could be video games. It could be creating something, could be drawing something, could be making music, something that is going to allow you to decompress and de-stress that isn't an avoidance of any of the problems that you've got going on in life. A lot of the times when we can take that time to focus on something, it calms our brain down and it gives us less reasons to ruminate on other things, right? If we're passively watching TV, like there's a lot of opportunity and room for you to continue to kind of trigger yourself and feel like there's more stress, especially if you go home and watch like the news and stuff, like there's just more garbage. Like you need something that's going to make you happy. And that happiness is going to come from focus and immersion and something that you really love. You know, with the Myers-Briggs, we talk about often that introversion and extroversion aren't something that just exists in a vacuum. It's not about just doing introverted activities and being by, it's just not, it's not about sitting in a dark room by yourself or standing in a crowd of people. It's about doing things that fit your natural flow state. So you're, if you're an ENFP, that means finding extroverted intuition and doing something that fits your flow state. And sometimes that for Molly, that means creating art and dancing. Like she's literally physically dancing and listening to music and being immersed in her process and in her situation and um, being in her flow state while she's creating art. That's incredibly powerful for her. She loves doing that. For me, sometimes that's playing video games. For me, that's sometimes making music. Sometimes that's me doing this podcast. Focusing on this podcast and talking is getting me into a flow state and there's no way, unless I'm literally talking about it on the show, that I'm concerned with my stress. There's just no room for it, right? So it's not avoidance because there's sometimes you're, you tend to be working through it, but it just kind of allows you to get away from ruminating on things that don't matter, the types of stress that don't matter, right? Because there are different levels of stress and typically the things that don't matter are the things that don't fit within the hierarchy of needs, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If your safety and security is not met, if you're feeling like you're, um, you know, you're, you're unemployed and you're stressful about that. That means maybe your attention needs to be immersively turned towards those things. Maybe there's some planning, some goal oriented planning to kind of figure out how you can tackle those things. Because certainly one of the biggest stressors, and for me personally, a big stressor is a sense of uncertainty. And I think a lot of us are stressed by uncertainty in many different forms. Think about even just being scared of the dark. It's not about literally blackness that is scary. It's the prospect of something being in that blackness that we just, we don't know. Maybe there's, maybe it's an alleyway and we've never walked down that alleyway. So like, who knows, there could be a person that comes out of there. There could be a monster that we've never experienced. <laughs> like, you don't know. We our, our our imagination kind of runs away with itself. And I think the thing that 
there's this amazing little quote that Dan Mace put out on Twitter where he said, worry is a poor use of our imagination and stress is stress in the, in the form of worry is usually a poor use of our imagination because we're trying to imagine what the future is going to look like. Some things that are just not working out for ourselves, things that are just not, we don't know what's going to be in that darkness. And for the most part, there's, there's really, there genuinely is nothing, especially if you're thinking of monsters and stuff like, come on, this is, this is reality. Stop being a child. Like, sorry to be mean, but you're not a child. Stop imagining a monster. That's ridiculous. Unless you're going to put that into channeling that into like creativity of some kind and putting it into an immersive goal oriented world thing, then, then, then stop that. (laughs) That's not reality. Grow up a little bit. Sorry. I love you guys, but you got to grow up sometimes let go of some of those things. So the sense of uncertainty, there's, those are really like the two things. Well, I'd say the three things, finding something to immerse yourself in avoiding, not avoiding, but, um, talking yourself through a sense of uncertainty and asking yourself if this thing that you're uncertain about is actual reality. And if you were, uh, not sure if this thing is actually reality or if this is something that is genuinely stressful in your life, meaning you don't have a job, you don't know where the next job's coming from and all that stuff, then create some goal-oriented action plans and get focused on creating stuff, right? As opposed to creating more distracting behavior and making yourself more stressed out as a result of avoiding stress. Does that make a lot of sense? So <clears throat> um, let's see. Other things are, there's, there's one other note that I have here is, um, oh, the, the third thing was actually uh, regaining a sense of control. A sense of control meaning that you are in charge of your life, and in most circumstances, you have some semblance of a choice. As much as you might not feel like it, I think most of us, if you have access to this podcast and you can listen to it on your phone, then you most likely have a degree of control in your life. You can change jobs, you can quit, you can, or you can try to talk to your boss, or there's usually something, even if it's a micro expression or it has to be little steps to get there. There's usually something you can do or attempt to do to try to regain some sense of personal control. Life doesn't happen to you. You make things happen. You are a creator. You are not a victim. So that is very important for you to continue, continue to tell yourself as you try to manage your stress and figure out how you can, you know, calm things down a little bit and chill out. It's cool. It's fine. You know, even when your kids are being crazy, like kids are going to be kids. Like you can't stop that, you know, and, and really finding ways to formulate it into expressions of gratitude. You know, instead of always trying to tell them to like sit down and shut up and you find ways to maybe listen to what they're really passionate and interested in. And sometimes kids are the same way. Kids are very much experiencing all sorts of stressors in their lives that we tend to diminish as adults because these are things that we've already worked through. We're like, our job is a bigger kind of stress. Like you kids should not be experiencing stress, but kids experience stress all the time. They experience stress around their toys and their siblings and, and whether or not someone's going to play with them. And uh, if the show that they like is on and available or something like that, or if they have something to do or something that's interesting, right? Kids want to also be immersed in flow state activities. They just 
don't have the comprehension yet to know what those things are. So as adults and as parents, it's really helpful for us to pay attention to our kids, experience gratitude for who they are, but pay attention to what are the things that really make them happy and excited. And if you can find things that get them into their own flow state, then you might not need to be hovering over them so much. You might not need to watch them so much. You can literally sit them down with some crayons if they're, they really love coloring and creating a story and give them a goal-oriented activity. Instead of just like, here, just color for a while. Say like, hey, can you, write, can you draw me a story? Can you tell me something? Can you, um, you know, do you, you want to write the alphabet? Like give them a goal-oriented activity and it'll reduce their stress greatly too. Like, I think a lot of us are really scared of blank canvases. I know I am. And if I have something to work towards, that just feels so much more exciting. And especially as like you, for me, when I'm making music, as I'm getting closer to creating something that is starting to formulate and I get to a flow state of like trying to solve the problems and fix it. Ah, oh, feels good as juicy goodness. I love it. <laughs> so you know, just finding those immersive things are going to be incredibly powerful and, you know, developing a sense of control in your life that you can actually make the choice to put down your goddamn phone and go do something where you can do something on your phone. That's actually going to be more immersive and less distracting. And, um, you know, I'm not trying to demonize the phone. I love, I watch YouTube videos all the time. I watch after this, I'm probably going to watch a bunch so I can (laughs) de-stress and, and, uh, well, okay. Let me clarify that. I don't mean just aimlessly wandering the internet, but I mean, usually I'm looking for something specific again, goal oriented activity. So there's a difference between just scrolling on your phone and looking for something specific and doing goal oriented activity. So you can do passive activities like that, but again, it's gotta be somewhat goal oriented. What are you looking for? What are you trying to enjoy? What are you trying to gain out of this? right? And through that goal-oriented activity, you're going to get that side effect of being able to take more control over your life. And all of that is going to kind of diminish that sort of underlying chronic stress that a lot of us are experiencing. So that was a lot of stuff, but um, hopefully any of that made sense, especially when it comes to like chronic stress and creating more stress for yourself by behaving as a victim and saying like, ah, things are always happening to me. And you're just being reactive instead of being proactive, which is another episode I did a few episodes ago. So I would recommend going back and watching or listening to the Maslow's hierarchy of needs episodes, the one before this one. And then there's the proactive podcast, which is a few before that. And then there's, um, the episode 525 of the Art of Manliness podcast, How to Stress-Proof Your bro- your Body and Brain. And then I haven't read her book yet, but Dr. Mithu, Mithu uh, Steroni's book, Stress-Proof, The Scientific Solution to Protect Your Brain and Body and Be More Resilient Every Day, uh, she is great. So I'm sure I'm going to read her book and it's going to be fantastic. So if you're trying to alleviate some chronic stress in your life, I think taking that goal-oriented activity, even if it's passive activity like that, it is in service of trying to gain information for you to better your life and reduce the sense of stress. So I think um, I think those are good ideas to go check those things out. I'll put as many links as I can in the description of this, uh, if I remember to do that, <laughs> and try to set you on a bit of a path to kind of help you understand these concepts and uh get you to a better place of just understanding uh, ways that um, 
you can de-stress your life a little bit and you are in control and you can do all sorts of amazing things. If you just take a little bit of extra time and figure out what, what gets you feeling like you're immersed into something and really appreciate it and love it and go for it and learn things and grow and be less stressed out and change your life. If you have to, I don't know, burn it all down. If it's something that's going to help you out, (laughs) just, you got to be brave. You are a creator. You are not a victim. All right. So, um, that's it for this episode. If, um, if you want to check out my free Myers Briggs course, there's also a link in the link tree, uh, in the description of this episode, you can leave me a voice message. There's also a listen to this voice message button on anchor or any of the platforms in the description. And you just have to sign up for an anchor account. You just quickly sign in with Google or something like that. And then you can leave a voice message with your phone and just ask a question. You can leave a one minute sort of response or question. I'll, I'll, answer it on the air and all that fun stuff. That would be really great. I would love to do that. would love Q and a episodes. Uh, and just, I just generally want to hear from the audience and hear, hear you guys and what you have to, to say about these topics. And if there's anything that's helped you out, I love getting random messages from people on my social channels, which is at let's go C note on Twitter and Instagram particularly. And then, um, you know, I'm, I'm working through the cosmic calibration course, which is now a coaching program. So it's the cosmic calibration coaching program for INTPs. If you're an INTP in the Myers-Briggs system, uh, there is also a link in the link tree to the real power of INTPs, which is a YouTube video that kind of gives you a sense of some of the advice that I'll be giving in this program. And the program also is a way for you to connect with me. So it's going to be 15 segments of advice for INTPs on how to connect to themselves and the universe and all of this wonderful absurdity of existence. And in that, you'll have access to my Voxer account so we can voice chat back and forth and I can give you more specific contextual advice and coaching to kind of help you get to a place of better purpose, better understanding of your purpose in life. So that's it. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you guys. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I'll catch you next time on Dopamine. See ya. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine and providing your support for this show. I really, really appreciate it. If you really love this show, leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to show some love for the podcast. You can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses. But um, with that, we'll catch you next time. See you guys later.